Travelcast B-Sides, Episode 67, Bad Shit, by William Squirrel. Read to you by Jacob Boris. Produced by Adam Pratt. Bad Shit, by William Squirrel. Fat Jimmy, said Wilbur. I told you, Fat Jimmy. You told me it was a skinny guy, said the uniform. Fat Jimmy is skinny, said Wilbur. The uniform sighed. So you bought the weed from a skinny dealer called Fat Jimmy. Didn't buy, just holding. For Fat Jimmy. That's what I said. Fat Jimmy. Where did Fat Jimmy get it? I don't know, said Wilbur. His man. From his man? From his man. His connection. His dealer. The guy from whom he buys his weed. I know what his man means. I want to know who his man is. Skinny Jimmy. (sighs) Are you playing with me, Wilbur? No, I am not. Dude's name is Skinny Jimmy. And is Skinny Jimmy fat? No, said Wilbur. Skinny Jimmy's skinny. The uniform closed his eyes tightly and pinched the bridge of his nose. Why are you hassling me about a couple grams of weed anyways? Asked Wilbur. It's penny-ante bullshit. You didn't smoke any of it yet, did you, Wilbur? Asked the uniform. I told you. It was Wilbur's turn to sigh. It wasn't mine. I was just holding it for Fat Jimmy. I don't dip into another man's stash. So you didn't smoke any at all? Nope. The uniform stared at him. My parole officer has me pissing in a cup every week, explained Wilbur. You owe your parole officer a hug and a kiss, Wilbur. How's that? The weed you didn't smoke is the demon weed. Fat Jimmy was staring at the TV. Sharks circled a small island. On its beaches, albatross hatchlings stretched their wings. Lights on, said the young crime scene investigator as he looked into Fat Jimmy's eyes. But nobody's home. An albatross launched itself across the waves on its first ungainly flight, beating its wings against the thin air. As it skimmed the sea foam, a shark breached, engulfing the scruffy bird in its great maw. Holy shit! said the older crime scene investigator. Labored breathing, the young crime scene investigator watched Jimmy's chest and then laid two fingers on his wrist. Weak pulse. Did you see that? Right out of the water! Should we call the paramedics in? This is incredible! Those sharks, just circling and waiting. Circling and waiting, and then pow! Right out of the water! Look at this! The guy is still alive. Should we call the paramedics? What? Should we call the paramedics? The two men looked at Jimmy. He'd been sitting there for a while. You could tell from the smell and the vines that had crept out of his lungs, sending tender green shoots through his nostrils and ears. The paramedics? Asked the older investigator. Yeah, the paramedics. There's nothing they can do for this guy. They just get crabby when you call him out to look at a sprout. Makes him feel even more helpless than usual. So... What do we do with them? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah, nothing. 
The detectives will give him a look over and call the DEA. Then the DEA will send some guys in a white van to pick him up. A white van? Yeah, a white van. Where do they take him? I don't fucking know, rookie. A warehouse in Virginia. Now, let me watch this show. What should I do? I don't care. Go look for clues. Check the kitchen first. There's got to be a bag of Doritos in here somewhere. The reporter found Celia in her hospital gown, sitting on a bench near a back entrance. She was smoking a scrounged cigarette and crying. You okay, honey? He asked. No, said Celia. Not really. The reporter pulled out his smokes. Mind if I join you? It's a free country, said Celia. They sat and smoked for a while, Celia occasionally choking back a sob. You think the worst thing that can happen to you is you might die, she finally said. But it's not. From some perspectives, dying is the best possible thing that can happen to you. The best. The reporter took a drag. Demon weed? He asked. Celia nodded. Do you think if I smoke enough cigarettes it might sterilize the seeds or something? <coughs> she asked and coughed. Maybe. They watched a bus go by. How'd you get out of the hospital? He asked. The cop at the ward door was flirting with the nurses. It was easy enough. How many are you up there? I don't know. Twenty? All picked up in the same sweep? Celia looked at him sharply. Hey, you're that reporter that's always trying to get in. Yep. They don't want us talking to you guys. Nope. But I guess it doesn't really matter to me what they want. She buttered out her smoke. I guess not, said the reporter and offered her a fresh cigarette. She took it. You know anything about the weed? She asked. A little. Where's it from? Lots of different theories. Tell me one. A bunch of high school kids, tripping on acid, stumbled into some hillbilly psycho's marijuana patch. The reporter patted about for his lighter. The guy tortured them all to death, real hair-raising, late-night movie stuff, and plowed them under. The weed that grew out of their remains gets you real high. Real high. And then takes control of you. But... That nightmare slasher-type spin isn't so popular with the deep thinkers anymore. These days, all the arguing is about government conspiracies and narco-terrorists. What do you think it is? The reporter shrugged and held out the lighter. You don't really know shit, Celia said. Do you? I know those things will kill you, said the reporter as she lit up. Not soon enough, said Celia. The technician waited while the DEA driver and his assistant transferred Fat Jimmy from his dolly to the couch and strapped him in. Rows of such couches filled the brightly lit warehouses, all occupied. The parasites were at various stages of development. A few, like Jimmy's, were just emerging from the humid nursery of the lungs, tendrils creeping up through the empty spaces and crevices. Most had well-established, finger-thick vines reaching out of throats, punching through nasal cavities, ears, and eye sockets. They cradled their victims' heads in their knobby grasp and launched fresh, leafy growth 
from knuckle joints towards the eternal burn of the grow lamps. In some places, glorious, sticky-rich canopies of spiky fronds and delicate purple flowers had entirely enveloped the host. When Jimmy was secure, the technician jammed an IV into his forearm. Ouch, said the driver. They can't feel a thing, said the technician. What are you feeding him? asked the driver. Psychotropics. <laughs> you getting them high? The driver laughed. Come on, let's go, said his assistant. We still got pickups to make. Can't you see I'm working on a pickup right here? The technician rolled her eyes. She was struggling with the catheter. How about a cup of coffee after work? The driver bent down to help out. What do you make? 30000 a year? She asked. Thirty-five? Twenty-five with benefits? Christ, she said. I need a full-time man who can help pay off my student loans, not some threadbare Romeo short on rent. Haven't you heard? Said the driver's assistant. We're losing the benefits. What? Said the driver and straightened up. You shitting me? The assistant shrugged. What about the insurance? The assistant shrugged again. So, I guess I'll just have to go on buying my own coffee then, said the technician. Wilbur turned on Celia's TV and began rolling some of the weed he'd found in the cookie jar. Sharks, laughed Wilbur when the show started. Fat Jimmy loved the sharks. Jimmy, he said to himself and licked the doobie shut. Jimmy, miss you, my man. He muttered and sparked the joint. The seeds popped like little hand grenades as he sucked the furnace blast deep into his lungs and held it there. He watched the dark shapes moving beneath the surface of the water, circling and waiting, circling and waiting. When his chest was about to burst, he blew out a cloud of cooled smoke and it coiled around his head, tickling at his nostrils and his ears. Then, just as a shark surged out of the water, he felt the full flood of ecstasy. It was as if a steel fist in his skull clenched shut and his brain squeezed between its fingers to drip down the back of his neck. Oh, that's some bad shit, Wilbur groaned. That's some bad shit. The end. This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions. Special thanks to our episode artist, Declan Keane. Declan's a practitioner of the dreaded occult art of graphic design. Between sneaking in esoteric references into his work and attempting to bind a gen to take exams for him, he enjoys doing as many freelance jobs as possible to fill the void. Help distract Declan from the sheer insignificance of his life by summoning him on DeclanKeenDesign.com. And special thanks to you, our Drabblecast B-Sides $10 a month subscriber. Without your support, we couldn't do this, and we greatly appreciate it. for the glory of a good drinking story and the cheese of a humpback whale. Young Jack Taylor was a mighty fine sailor, and he knew how to handle a teat. He had whiskey for blood like every sailor man should, was the best milkman in the fleet. They were out three days when he heard her break the waves with the crash from a thundering tail. Off the starboard bow there was a humpback cow, get the milkman ready to sail.